<laughs> it's been a sleepy week. Felt so sleepy. It's because of them dark days coming in, isn't it? You just look outside and you go, mm, I should just like, a few more hours. Yeah, I like the dark evenings though. They make me feel all cosy and the misty mornings too. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I like that too. It makes me not want to do anything but curl up on the couch and do a blanket. Right, anyway, should we get on with it? Sure. <laughs> Hello, we're Short Supply and this is Bang on the Move, the series of our podcast Bang On, where we visit a show and invite you to the pub chat afterwards. In this series, we're out of the studio, visiting exhibitions and events across the UK and letting you know what we make of them. I'm Molly. And I'm Beck. We are your hosts. Now let's go see some art. Let's do it. So this week we're talking about Freeze Art Fair, which is an annual contemporary art fair which was first held in 2003 in London's Regent's Park. Um, so this is the 20-year anniversary of Freeze, so we hopped our asses along to have a look. Um, if you don't know what Freeze Art Fair is, it was developed by the founders of the contemporary art magazine Freeze. Um, and the fair has since expanded to include editions in four cities, in addition to acquiring several other art fairs. Basically, it's the art fair mammoth. It's the art fair that all other art fairs want to be. Um, whether rightly or wrongly, um, they want everyone to pack into theirs in the same way. And yeah, we thought we'd hop along, 20th anniversary and all that. I've never been to Freeze. This is new for me. Yeah, I know you said you'd never been and it felt like Beck's never been. I haven't been since about 2015. And I seem to remember that when I went, it was just like, it was, I think I brought sort of like that student naivety to it. Like I didn't really, at that time, I wasn't like interrogating the art world. Mm. I was only really just getting into like making art in a contemporary art way. Like prior to that, I'd been studying like A-levels and as anyone who's done A-levels in a creative subject knows, they don't exactly nourish you creatively. Um, so at that time, no, I remember... I, I was definitely malnourished. <laughs> you were a malnourished creative and so was I. But yeah, when I went, it was like um, a trip part of something else. It was huge and overwhelming. But like, I remember walking around just being like totally amazed by it Mm. because it was just, you know, for like someone who at that time hadn't really had a chance to see a lot of contemporary art like that. um, It was like, whoa, what is all this? And I remember like I cast my mind back to that feeling and thought, I wonder how I'll think about it now. And I have a feeling I know how I'll think about it now. But obviously, I'm coming to it with more experience and more like, um, you know, a better understanding of the art world and its motions and what this stuff is for and what it's really about. Mm-hmm. That that was it. That's, uh, that's, that's why we ended up deciding to go. Um, but for you as a first timer, what did you expect it was going to be like? I don't know what I expected, really. I know looking at the magazine with the kind of branding of Freeze, with it just being white with very simple black text, I expected it to be basically like a giant white cube. You mean the design of the booths? Or you mean... I guess all of it. The energy, what do you... Energy, I guess. Because I think the word like white cube now has been taken, like the... It's a new lexicon in itself, isn't it? It no longer just means like specifically physically a white cube it means when you talk about white and and being a gallery as well Mm -hmm. it means now as i think many of us understand it like a style of doing exhibitions so do you mean like a style of doing exhibitions or do you mean physically the booths 
I guess the style of doing exhibitions then it felt very clinical very I don't know snobby in a way purist yeah I wasn't expecting it to be too contemporary even though I know it's a contemporary art fair I still wasn't really expecting it I was expecting like floating in and out of these booths no one actually speaking to each other it's interesting that you say you you were expecting it to be snobby and not as con- like not contemporary I think which I which I find this really fun that you have a different understanding of like contemporary art in a way that doesn't see it being snobby when actually contemporary art is one of the like I think the perception of it for people that maybe aren't in it is that it's snobby mm. and you know I also am inclined to agree it is snobby like contemporary art is one of the snobbiest um sectors there is mm-hmm. and yeah I don't know I just found that interesting that you and but I, I like that that's the way you see the contemporary art world um that you know oh I wasn't expecting freeze to be very contemporary I was expecting it to be very snobby like yeah and I guess contemporary to me is a bit like more like what it looks like like to me snobby is like a very specific way of looking whereas contemporary to me is a bit more janky as you would say contemporary artists I would expect to have looked like they've been dipped in honey and rolled through a thrift shop (laughs) you know they may be snobs but they don't look it you know dipped in honey and rolled through a thrift shop (laughs) and we saw plenty of that (laughs) that's amazing what a description but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I do know what you mean. Even though people that are dressed like that, nine times out of ten, are going to be snobby. Mm. Because you have to have the audacity to dress that way. You have to have some audacity, yeah. But it's, I guess, to me, the way something... I know it's called contemporary art because the artwork is very flamboyant, very colourful, very... I don't know. <laughs> I guess I'm expecting... To be honest, I'm expecting to be drained... I know the scale of this thing. I was going to say this might be an unfair thing to say, but I think it's fucking fair to say. Um, I think if you've been to one, you've been to them all. Like, they're all the same, you know? I mean, yes, objectively, the work changes. The vibe of it is going to be the same. And, you know, I think you going to see the first one, you probably don't need to ever go again, you know? Unless you're one of these people who haplessly is trying to schmooze with people that don't give a shit about them then I think, you know, just go see what what the crack is and fuck off out of there, you know? Absorb. I think sometimes for me, like, I want to see things that I do have an inkling that I'm that are going to make probably make me mad. Um, just to recenter myself and remind myself what I do really care about and what I do really enjoy. But also, you know, and, you know, I had the expectation as well, like, I probably am going to see a few bits and bobs that I'm going to quite like. And, you know, in the midst of all the other shit, which freezes all about the hype, it's not really about the art. You know, there will be tidbits of things that are enjoyable. So I think that's what I thought going in. So I'm really curious to hear what your first impression was as a first absorption of the uh, chicanery. <laughs> Well, I mean, it was hot as balls. That was the first thing I realised, because we were in a tent. I was, I was like how you say realised, like, the first thing that dawned on me was I was sweating bollocks. Yeah, I was, because I was in a giant teepee. 
So that's something I didn't expect. I didn't expect to be walking into the middle of a grassy field and then walking into a tent full of art. But that's what Freeze is. I'm... I'd never been! Yeah, but <laughs> I love this. No, I love this because I, I just made assumptions that this is just something that everyone knew, that it was, it's just this tent, it's just this posh tent that shit's in. I was expecting a building. I knew nothing no, about ma'am. Freeze other than its name. No, ma'am. So, what was my first impression? It was hot. Um, it was hot. <laughs> and um, it was hot. <laughs> big. <laughs> it's also big. Um, there was a lot of white walls. Full of art. <laughs> Cutting fucking critiques here, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Um, I, well, I'm, I'm not going to go on about it, but... Yeah, I'd been charged a fiver to put my bag away, which I was forced to put away. And I intentionally brought the tiniest bag I've got because I had a feeling they weren't going to let me wear it. But I thought, if I wear this one, it'll be fine. No. Five pounds later. Bag's anyway. been confiscated. Well, that's it. Um, I really liked it. You know, I enjoyed it. It was overwhelming. Far too much artwork. I agree with you. If you've been to one, you've been to them all. I don't think I ever need to go again feel a bit more nourished maybe overnourished now i feel juicy with creativity it got you it got you feeling creative a little bit yeah in what way there was a lot of textiles art there was a lot of art that i was actually interested in this is true there was a lot of textiles art actually which i wasn't expecting i wasn't expecting to see i was expecting to see maybe like the odd i don't know carpet but mainly on the floor not as like an artwork i wasn't expecting to see I'm like the scale, scale as in size and scale as in like scope of textiles art. Mm. That really surprised me. And my first impression was, wow. <laughs> mm. And also, mm. what were your first impressions? Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where it, you're just so overwhelmed by stuff that you really don't even fully know what's going on. Like, I think at certain points, I just sort of, found myself and my body just kind of floating through through each booth in and out of booths just booths 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 things 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 it must have done like, your feet wonders then if you were floating well you know it's like um have you seen that um video of those like nuns that are on like a segway because they're they're like what do you call it cloak cloak's not the right word gown gown yeah because their gowns sort of cover up the wheels fucking cloaks <laughs> well i don't fucking know do i um and and they're like the cloaks are like fucking gowns whatever are like billowing in the fucking you know atmosphere but it looks like they're just floating very quickly through through the fucking chapel that's what i was doing at freeze i was just kind of floating not really thinking about anything just sort of you know, spinning around, spinning and choking, um, <laughs> thinking what's going on. And also, I don't know what it is about that, that environment, but I said to myself, like, we brought, like, we brought butties and stuff. But they were locked away for five pounds. But they were locked away for five pounds. So we'd, and we'd eaten as well in the morning because I was like, I'm not going to cave and I'm not going to buy a bullshit tea cake or whatever it is they're going to try and sell me. But after an hour, I was starving. Like, what? Just, just floating around for one hour. And I was like, nope, I have to cave. You know, I have to cave and I have to buy a quiche Lorraine 
and also like a cheesy scone and also like a cake. I don't know what happened. I don't know what it is about that environment that all of a sudden all of my senses were like, I just need to eat. I just need to eat and eat and eat and eat until I die. Like it just hit me. So I wasn't, you know. We did one aisle. We did one aisle of freeze and we were like, geesh. Yeah, truly. Geesh Um, time. But then I think actually eating settled me a bit. Funnily enough, that um, rounded you. You started using your feet then. When you give when you give your body what it needs, all of a sudden you feel better. So, what sparked your curiosity then? What what artworks stood out, if any? There was one that I can't remember the name of the artist, though I'm sure we can find it in a second. Um, the really big cross stitch. Yeah, I'll say outright, a lot of these, I did not take a picture of the names of the artists um, and I don't remember who people were because we saw thousands of pieces of art. Um, but if you're really interested from our wonky descriptions, we can pop them in the description of this episode later on. Oh, so you did fact, you did take a photo of the artwork. Um, I can't remember whose booth it was in. There was just far too much for me to remember exactly all the details but I mean I really loved the work by Jordan Nassar I can't remember the booth that they were with but they'd made this body of work that was cross-stitch which to me I've never viewed cross-stitch as a contemporary art form because it was something that I used to do sat on the couch with my nan as a child Mm. I've always loved it because it's very therapeutic to me and I was really really inspired actually walking around Freeze just by the amount of textiles that there was but down to the simplicity of the embroidery Mm. so this was all hand done and it was massive Mm. this artist's kind of repeating pattern cross stitch Mm. and to me and I don't know if it's true but gives me kind of turkey vibes not the meat not the animal the like place. Turkish tiles. Like Turkish tiles, yeah. That's what they look like to me. And they're all very intricate. There was one that, so the one that I'm kind of referencing, the largest one, had like six individual kind of larger tiles that made up the, the larger piece. But they had repeating patterns on that were incredibly intricate and would have taken hours to do. Mm. And I was just in awe of it. And there was a a body of work that was all kind of themed the same, mainly smaller pieces, but that was the largest one. And I think the whole, the the scale of it Mm. really shocked me. And I thought, God, you know, I imagine embroidery to be these small little squares that you get from like Hobbycraft or something that you just do because you're in the mood to. I never really thought about it being presented at such a scale in such an environment so it's kind of opened my eyes and it really got my juices my creative juices flowing and it really inspired me to pick back up my um my needle and floss and Mm. and start playing again Mm. not taking everything so seriously like it 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 spoke to the child in me that sat with my nan Mm. and it made me want to to play around with these ideas again Yeah, I really like that. I think that um, there's a there's an inclination to be quite cynical and to be like, it's all fucking garbage and whatever else. But it really isn't like, you know, the, the 
and I remember this work that you're talking about as well and it was really good and it was really cool and I think I have to crush down the part of me that's like yeah but it's because all these people are rich and they can afford a lot of good materials they can afford like assistance and whatever else I have to crush that down and just think very like just from a place of someone who likes art and someone who likes looking at beautiful things to say you know like if you've come away getting inspired then that's fucking great you know and and they were really impressive pieces of work and Mm -hmm. yeah I was equally really happy to see lots of embroidery um and lots of textile stuff I think it's stuff that historically has been looked down on um and to see it being used in this way is really fucking cool I, I love that as well I think there's also for me as well especially I feel like there's this pressure to make artworks fast mm. to be like almost like playing on the guilt that artists feel sometimes of sitting in their studio not feeling like they're achieving anything because they haven't whacked out three new artworks mm. You know, you, you leave university and you, you're taught to make and make and make and make and make. Mm. And, and the way that they say it, the speed that they say it, mm. it's like, oh, you finished one, move on to the next. Great, you finished that one in a week, move on to the next. Mm. And looking at the amount of textiles art that was in freeze, it made me realise that this, this pressure isn't real. The scale of that hand-embroidered cross-stitch artwork would have taken probably months to make and within that time what else were they doing were they just working on that you have to take your time it is very therapeutic it is time consuming and to me it's quite mindful like because it gives you that kind of meditative flow to it it's not a speedy process and I think that's why maybe you know reflecting on my own practice maybe that's why I struggle with my own practice so much is because I feel like I'm not creating as fast as a painter might yeah but I think also like painters a lot of painters bellyache over paintings like you know you just you have to you just have to find what works for you and I know we've um spoken about this a lot you've come away from it with the synapses firing and that's great I feel nourished like we said at the beginning I'm no longer malnourished I'm feeling overnourished Mm. and fully juicy Mm. and that was nowhere near the only piece that we saw do you want to tell me about what you liked yeah um i mean equally um i really liked that the textile stuff as well actually the uh, cross stitch and the embroidery and whatnot Mm -hmm. um that like blanket that was it wasn't really a blanket and it's not really textiles work but it's but it is at the same time the like um mosaic blanket was really cool um it was like a mosaic with ceramics kind of in a in a blanket sort of formation that was lent over a um old timey sewing machine that was really cool Mm. um kind of mixing a lot of these sort of like sculptural kind of textiles painting like the materiality as well yeah yeah, it looks like fabric but it's solid yeah i liked the snail wall oh that kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies a little bit but it was, it was thrilling. Yeah, the snail wall was, was quite cool. I was very tempted to buy a snail. Yeah, I know. I kind of wanted to buy a snail too. Um, the horror. Um, but there was a lot of great painting, obviously. There's too, there's too many things to name. But the Bram Bogart, um, huge, white, thick, impasto, sloppy, sloppy um, painting. Um, they're huge. They're just so impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at them and it's literally like he's made a tiny one that you've just like made huge with a fucking, I don't know, hugifying ray or something like, do you know what I mean? The opposite that Willy Wonka has. Yeah, 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 the opposite. 
um just just great just really cool pieces of work i wish there was a few more like one is not really enough like mm. i want to see a whole room like i would what i would really have loved is to send like not just like a brambo got piece like on the wall but like it would have been sick if he'd like done a wall do you know what i mean like filled the walls with it mm. with this kind of these impasto marks and that would have been really cool um i also really like the wooden harrison paintings as well um the shirts the shirts were really cool and obviously um the, the paintings on the wall as well with the kind of rye phrases whatever else just so happened to be wearing a matching outfit which was quite nice and you absolutely had to pose in front of me. had to i had to um well i'm exhibiting with them aren't i <laughs> um <laughs> no. there was hair flicks there people <laughs> not really that much of a twat um yeah but I, I just i really do like their work and um and the shirts are particularly delicious um, you just want to crack one in half and oh, yeah, I munch on it. I wanted to snap it like a glow stick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big time, big time. I um, didn't. I didn't want to be thrown out considering if you scan your ticket once, you can't leave and come back. <laughs> you can't get out of the heat. You just have to, you're in it, you're in it now. You're in it, you're sweating, you're buying £30 worth of pastries. Yeah, uh, big time. Then you feel sick. Big time. But yeah, I, I actually did have fun. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel a lot like you. I mean, it's one of those things, like, I try I try to, like, keep my grumpiness back because, honestly, in my view, there's no point in dishing out, like, bucket loads of critique of Freeze. Like, I think there's no point. It's, it exists now. It's going to continue to exist. It's a foundational um, kind of part of the contemporary art world. Like, it ain't going anywhere. It, it ain't going to change. It's still going to be, you know, an expensive drain on taxpayer money <laughs> um, to let rich people get off paying their taxes, which is a quite a cynical view of it. But I mean, that's what's going on here, isn't it? But I guess what I mean is like, I didn't go in thinking I'm going to write something absolutely scathing because there's no point. Like, what's the point of writing a scathing review of Freeze? It's still going to exist in probably another 20 years time and it's still going to be doing the same thing. So if anything, the critique of Freeze is just how like copy paste boring it is. Like, you know, but, but the point isn't any of that. The point isn't to put on a good show that makes people want to go every year because it's going to be different and it's going to be like worth going to. People go to schmooze. People go to, you know, clock artists for their own collections. Gallerists go to, you know, scope things out for their own sakes. Like there's just a lot of, you know, there's, it's a it's a different vibe. And I think what I wanted from it was just something, you know, as in for me, how I view it wasn't to do any of that because it's not, it's not worth my time or energy or anybody else's, to be honest. Like, yes, a lot of us get pissed off with Freeze, but at the end of the day, what what are you going to do about it? Like, it's not going anywhere. And also, it's not the right space for a lot of us. But with that being said, like you, I did see a lot of stuff that I enjoyed. And, like, that big Prismo-looking ass, that was great. Yeah. Um, the – I can't remember what it was made out of, but it was, like, a little plastic – it was, like – was it plastic? It was, like, shaved – a green sort of it was by an artist that works with embroidery thread so it might have been something like threads lay on top of each other mm, and that was cool that that sculpture that that sort of blue foot was quite fun 
Yeah. Because it looked like, it reminded me of... Some of my old drawings. Some of your old drawings, which I really liked. Um, I guess what I would want, we do slightly less of this with Bang on the Move, and it's more about talking about the art that we've seen. But I think for Freeze, actually, what I would want to say, that if emerging artists don't already know this, to know this, art in this context is so much about the value it's perceived to have. You know, there's there's artwork in Freeze that is there and then is assigned all this sort of value and prestige just for the sake of it being there. And this is what a lot of the art world relies on. This like, oh, well, it was here and that means it must be great. When actually, you know, there's artwork that will never be in Freeze that's fucking brilliant. And yet, if you put them next to each other, the way that this like commercial art world works says, well, this one sold for this much and that means it's better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like there was a great quote in that show at the Whitworth um, that we saw a little while ago that, you know, talks about the fact that value is given. It's assigned to something. Nothing, you know, in and of itself has value. There's things that add to it over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the way like artists who are selling work develop from from piece to piece to piece to piece to piece because gradually over time as they do more things you know the artwork can't as an object in and of itself become any more value without that perception of it being valuable an artist this is why an artist who's making work that is practically identical to a work that you know Damien Hirst is making for example if not better it's not worth the same because it doesn't carry the same worth that the art world perceives it to have. Mm -hmm. And I guess the reason that I'm saying all of this is because, you know, I I would want emerging artists to know, to not get sucked in by it, to not look at it and think, this is where I want to be, you know, because this means that my artwork will finally be valid and good. Mm. It doesn't mean that. It just means a certain number of people view it that way. Mm-hmm. And if they're the people you want to view it that way, you can bust your ass and try and get into a gallery that's exhibiting at Freeze and do that whole thing. Um, and it's not to say that, like, if someone came along and said, yeah, I'll sell your work at Freeze, sure, I wouldn't say no to adding a few more zeros onto a piece of work and selling it. Like, I'm not going to stick my nose up with money. But I think it's that understanding that it's not what you think it is. And... For me, anyway, it's very hollow and it isn't something to aspire to um, because of that. Because when you get, I don't know, there's something that I've been thinking about recently that's sort of in relation to like, when you get to the end of your art career, what do you want to look back on and, and you know, remember? You, you won't really remember um, a lot of that stuff. You'll remember what you really felt like when we tell stories back of like oh you know we did this thing we don't really focus that much on the nuts and bolts of what we did but what we remember is what people said about it and what we felt about it like you remember those feelings and you remember those people Mm -hmm. and I think if you surround yourself by people that don't really care about you and don't really care about um, anything beyond the value that's assigned then that becomes you know or I imagine that becomes quite stressful um you know because obviously like this context is not one that we're necessarily oscillating in but you know it's still it's a weird world and I think 
it's good for emerging artists to be critical of things like this, you know, and to not get too sucked in by the glamour mm -hmm. of it all. Does that make sense? Can you imagine your work being in that kind of setting? I'm not saying that you're aspiring and that that's what goal that you want. Mm. I'm just saying, can you imagine work that you make in that kind of setting? Because I know that I can't imagine my work in that setting. Yeah, I could imagine it there. And I could imagine a lot of the artists who we exhibited made it there. You know, like I see, and, and you know, a lot of our friends, like all basically any anyone in our circles who is exhibiting professionally, their work could be at Freeze. But the point is, it's not because it's not about the quality of the art. It's about a load of other shit. You know, it's about commercial value. It's about your name. It's about your connections. Who do you know? Who knows you? Who likes you? Who has your work in their collection? You know, it's it's about all this other stuff. You know, there are some good works at Freeze, but no more or less than any other art fair that is, you know, um, showing contemporary artwork. And I think that's the point, what I'm trying to make about, like, it's so much about what's assigned to it and it's not about like these are the best artworks mm. and it's also not that freeze is saying they're the best artworks but i think the way that sometimes we think about it as aspirational i think that is dangerous for you know kind of marginalized people who are in the arts and, and working class people who are in the arts and, and emerging artists that in the north that we work with because you know it there's a lot of stuff you don't get warned about, mm. about just how shit it can be. And how when you start thinking that your worth is directly relative to these sort of things, it, you know, it can grind you fucking down. And, you know, a few hours at freeze and I'm tapped out. Like, I don't need to see any more art for, for a while because it just drains you. A leaving question. Would you go again next year? No, unless someone like bobs us some free tickets. Mm -hmm. um, like if someone bobs me a free ticket, sure, I'll go. Like actually what would be quite fun is to go with a big group of friends, um, I think. and or, or even cooler, like I know Queer Circle were doing some tours, which um, we weren't able to get booked onto any of those because we were too slow. But like that kind of thing, like a tour, that looks fun. You know, to go around with a big group of people and to kind of tete-a-tete -tete and, you know... Um, slag things off together under your breath that sort of making it a big a group thing mm -hmm. i think going certainly there's a you know going round freeze on your own is a fate worse than death mm -hmm. like you don't want to do that you got to go with a big group of friends or like go on one of the tours with you know a, you know a group of people who nice like-minded group of people and you know just take it in that way that's mm -hmm. what i would say for anyone that is thinking of going next year um bring people bring bring five pounds if you want to leave your bag in <laughs> or bring a small bag or, or just bring a bag that is microscopic um bring a bum bag bum bag or a coat with big pockets yeah and pray it's not hot exactly what about you would you go again i think i would go again you would i don't know if it'd necessarily be like the year after yeah i might kind of do it like a biennale sort of thing like at venice where we go once every two years hmm I think, I, yeah, I agree with what you say, though, go as, like, a group of friends. So there's a few of you who can make a whole day of it. Mm. And it, it kind of takes that strain off your brain a little bit when you're with friends. Lovely, lovely stuff all round. Woo!
we'll be dropping a new episode of Bang On The Move every two weeks with new bits we've had a look at. Search Bang On in your streaming app to listen, like, follow and subscribe. You can also check us out on social media at Shorts Play MCR. Don't forget you can access bonus podcast content on our Patreon, including the power to recommend an exhibition to feature in a future episode. See you next time. Oh, 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 o